You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Let's go back in time when turtles roam the sewers of New York. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror, the black And knowing was half the battle. It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. What's up all you cartoon lovers out there? Tim here. You guys are in for a special treat today. Bill Cop, the voice of Eek the Cat, will be joining me. Kumbaya! And this was such a fun, fun, fun interview. Especially since I was a huge Eek the Cat fan. It never hurts to help! And for those of you who don't know Bill Cop, he's kind of a big deal. Oscar-winning animator, he's a writer, director, voice actor. I mean, he's worked on movies like Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer... He did the animated shorts for the for Roger Rabbit. He wrote on Tasmania. He did writing and acting in Eat the Cat. And one of the coolest things he did was he was one of the original animators for The Simpsons when they were on the Tracy Ullman show. And in the interview, we talk all about The Simpsons, Eek the Cat, Roger Rabbit, and even the script that he's currently writing for the, a Woody Woodpecker movie, which is going to be awesome. But as always, please remember to check out my website at SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Rate us on iTunes, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All of those links can be found on the website. And while you're there, check it out. It's a, it's a new website. I got audio, video, a tribute page for all the past you know, voice actors, pictures, merchandise. It's pretty awesome. I love it. Anyways, here is the one, the only, Bill Cop. Anyway, so here we are. Here we are, buddy. How you doing today? I'm doing good. I've just been uh, working with the the Woody Woodpecker all all morning. That is amazing. I, we're, we're hopefully we're gonna talk a little bit about that if you can say, if you can say anything. Oh sure, yeah, we can talk. Yeah, it's uh, the screenplay is underway. Sweet. So yeah, we can we can talk about all that. Yeah, let's get near that at the end with the upcoming stuff that you're working on. Um, first off, me to say huge fan of your work. Oh, Eek. thanks. I was a huge Eek fanatic when I was growing up. I think I was 12 when it first came out. Loved it to death. So this is amazing. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, I know. Eek's, Eek's one of those things that it really took off. I, I know. mean, that was, uh, we weren't expecting it. It oh. was on the air for five years. That's crazy. Five, five seasons, it yeah. Didn't, it didn't seem that long either, honestly. Uh, no, for me either. It kind of went, well, the years seem to go faster anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when it came out, I remember I was 12. I used to come out every Saturday morning and, uh, Put a little VHS tape in my VCR, and I used to tape every episode in order, and uh, take oh, out wow. take out every commercial. It, it was yeah, I had my little own little Eek collection going on. Actually, some of the commercials are fun to look back on. I too. know. I, I regret that. First off, I never kept the, the the tape, so I don't have them anymore. But I was thinking about that. How many amazing commercials there would have been on there? Oh yeah, weird stuff too. Yeah, just like. <laughs> Well, it was the nineties. I keep thinking eighties, but it was the nineties. Yeah, was the 90s. yeah, it was early nineties, ninety two, I believe. Yeah, I think we started developing it in like ninety ninety one. I'm really bad at remembering the years of these things, <laughs> but I do remember this. It was um, we were doing the storyboard. We we had um like a two minute um, little short that we were making, and we were storyboarding it, and it was one of those like all nighter sessions. And that was the the night that uh, that morning was when Stevie Ray Vaughan uh, died in that helicopter crash. Wow! And we were huge Stevie Ray fans. Yeah. So, but I and I think that was ninety or ninety one. 
Okay. Probably 91. But yeah, I'll never forget that. It was, but that's how I remember. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> right before we sold the show, you know, poor Stevie Ray checked out. Yeah. Yeah, I do the same kind of thing with, with my, my life. I always think upon, you know, I was a huge cartoon freak as a kid, obviously. obviously. So I used, I used to think about, you know, what cartoons I watched as a kid and where I was at. And so if I try to think about something that happened in fifth grade, I reflect on what cartoon I was watching at the time. And yeah, oh, see that? Yeah, that's a good, yeah. that's a good way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, what was on the air? Because yeah. third third grade would have been Ducktales and yeah stuff like that. <laughs> so I'm I'm way older than you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh you're you're ancient. I'm older than most people now. <laughs> yeah, I turned thirty four just a couple weeks ago. Oh, congratulations! I just turned I turned I turned X amount of years just in April. <laughs> oh, yep, yep, yep. So uh, before we go on with Eek. It's really fascinating how you were involved with the early stages of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. That was a whole adventure in itself. Yeah. Like, I mean, that had to have been pretty epic. Uh, obviously, you didn't know how big it was going to get. Of course. But yeah. So what all did you do for The Simpsons? Well, it started, you know, we had just finished up uh, One Crazy Summer, which was mm-hmm. Savage's second movie. And... Um, you know, so we, we were, you know, me and Savage go back to Cal yep. Arts yep. days. And um, we, so that was the first time that had to be 86. Uh, and that was the first time after getting out of Cal Arts in 84 where, like, suddenly we had to look for work. And <clears throat> Wes Archer had uh, gotten in contact with Gabor Chupo, who was doing these short animated segments for the Tracy Ullman show. And uh, he called, and Wes was one of my guys, you know, from Cal Arts, and then on on Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer. And um, uh, he just called me up. He's like, "Yeah, we, you know, there's this opportunity to do these shorts." And it was Gabor Chupo at Klosky Chupo, and uh, it was just me and Wes at the beginning. And uh, it was a couple different things. There was this this thing called The Simpsons. And then another uh, artist named M.K. Brown had another segment. And it was like, it was something like three minutes of animation that we had to do like a minute and a half per week, I think it was. And it was killing us. It was just like, sorry, my air conditioner's not working. It's (laughs) a million degrees. Well, you're, you're lucky. It's like 55 here. Oh, where are you? Montana. Oh, okay. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it is. And Tetons. Yep, pretty close. Any, anyway, so uh, that's when we, we saw the workload, and then we got with um, we brought in David Silverman, who had also I'd known for a few years and and uh, worked with me on One Crazy Summer also. So we dragged him into it, and of course he went on to really become the guy. But it was um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, and it was just the three of us doing all the animation. And Matt would come in on like a Monday with some really crude like storyboards but of a really funny scenario uh-huh. as we all know and so we would just kind of translate that into layouts and animation and it was i mean we practically had to live at that studio it was just you know each of us would take a 30 second segment of the minute and a half and uh, we had a week to do the animation and, and layout so we were doing the we were drawing the backgrounds and the um doing the animation wow so it was a pretty full load. I mean, we had guys that helped, you know, I mean, this is pre-Flash and digital. Uh-huh. So, you know, we had guys 
painting cells and oh my god i'd love to get my hands on some of those oh no kidding wow yeah i have some of the pencil roughs nice massive but anyway it was a lot of fun and you know we we all knew each other really well we were all really good friends and matt was just easy going so fun to work with and he loved um seeing his stuff like get translated into animation uh. so but it was a pretty I mean, we were we would probably roll in around 10 a.m. and then work until we were we. It was like we had little quotas. You know, you had to get a certain amount done every day. Uh-huh. But so, we, but we didn't care. We didn't have anything else to do. You know, and, and um, <laughs> that was just our life then. It was sort of like I, we we always joke when we get together about how that was like. Because I mean, obviously, knowing that that would be like saying, "Oh, who's this group, the Beatles?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> Because we had no idea it was going to turn oh, into no, what it did. No, nobody but did. It was, I don't it, think. Was, it was a challenge uh, for us as animators, and we were. It, it was like a lot of hard work, but we were honing our craft. We were getting really good, uh-huh. and um, so we always refer to it as our Beatles in Hamburg uh, <laughs> period. Because nice. it was a jam, man. I mean, it was like, you know, I mean that stuff had to. We had to have all the animation done, then it had to go to color and film and wow. everything. So it was, you know, we'd finish up and maybe we. would get a little bit of a snooze on a Sunday and then back right again, it would all start up again. I think that went on for like a solid year. That's wow. the first, I can't remember how many we did uh, a lot, but um, yeah. So, but yeah, it was fun. It was, it was fun when we were doing it all our because, and this is before things would get shipped off overseas. Like we'd never heard of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. we would have been insulted. I think if we said, <laughs> Oh no, no, just storyboard it. And then we're going to ship it to Korea. We would have been like, "What? No, you're not." Uh-huh. You know? We were very possessive of it. I think since you know? since you were there from the beginning, did you create anything that we still see now in the show? Marge's hair. No, seriously. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, we were talking about her, and it's really funny too. Like in the early in Matt's early drawings, it was really short, and it just she had such a long neck; it, it just didn't look right. You know, <laughs> it was like, "Well, let's just keep it going." And we, you know, we joke about the blue hairs, you know, old ladies and the blue hairs. Okay, okay. And I was just, and I remember like some of my, um, some of my um, relatives <laughs> had like hair like this, and I said, like, "Well, just make it the tower." And so we we built it up. And I was like, "No, man, just make it like that," you know. <laughs> so and everybody laughed. So and it stuck. But yeah, that that was about my, um, it, you know, because it really was Matt's thing. I mean, um. And it's funny and crude as they look in those short. I I personally really like it because it's so like quirky. Yeah, exactly. Underground. But when it when it, when it evolved into the series and everything, you know, I mean, David was David Silverman was the guy that really refined the look, and he he just took took hold of that thing. It, it was great, you know. It's funny to think back. <laughs> uh, I get a lot of, um, you know, because right it went to series. And that first season, right around the time that Disney hired me to come and do the Roger Rabbit shorts. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, back in those days, I was really into animation. I mean, I was just animation. That's all I thought about. It's all I wanted to do. And that opportunity was like old school. I mean, they gave us a year to do a seven-minute storyboard, and we had $3 million to make a seven-minute card. I mean, it was like, and and they were like, yeah, we're going to do like three of them at least, you know. So being a guy who was just really into the art of animation and storyboard and storytelling, 
and gags. Uh, I couldn't pass that up. And, you know, The Simpsons was Matt's thing, and I had kind of had a, enough of it, really. I, I, I still liked it, but this opportunity was so cool to really take the animation up to the next level. And, but I still get a ton of crap from people thinking that like oh, I bailed on the Simpsons, but it's not true. <laughs> I was just learning. It was like being in school and I wanted to go to the next place. And, and David was the guy that ended up really driving the Simpsons and I didn't really care. It wasn't really mine anyway, yeah. but the Roger stuff was like the closest thing to old school you know, anime really approaching the Looney Tunes because exactly. the movie had just come out. Yeah, you know? yeah. We all went to see it at the Cinerama Dome, and we were just like, "Holy smoke!" You know that scene in the kitchen, the way the movie opens. Oh no, that was amazing. We were just floored, you know, because we were always striving. I mean, I was only like twenty six years old. You know, you're old, old. <laughs> but it was just <laughs> striving for that. You know, and on an opportunity like that came along, I had to. I had to oh, no, I, I would have done the same thing. I was a huge fan of Roger Rabbit myself. I remember seeing that in the theater, too. Amazing. So beautiful. Oh, I yeah. Know. I mean, we were all just blown away. Yeah. And, of course, I, th I believe I would have been maybe nine-ish. And so, of course, I had a huge crush on Jessica Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Who didn't? Know. But, you know, the funny thing about her is, like, if you saw her in real life, you'd probably be frightened. <laughs> you know, Savage and I brought the Barbie twins in on an Eek episode. Oh, really? And the Barbie twins were similar to Jessica <laughs> in the stature. <laughs> And we just wanted to meet him. That's we would cast people that we wanted to meet, uh -huh. and uh, we brought them in. And it was like a large. And we had William Shatner in there on the same day. Oh no! He loved us for that. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, the Barbie twin. Yeah, the twins are here." I think that <laughs> session went on like two hours longer than the normal. <laughs> oh, good old William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's skip a little bit to Eek the Cat then, since we're already on the subject. Um, yeah. Let's let's go through some of the characters. Like, how was Eek developed into the character that we saw on screen? Eek's birth was out of a a tragedy. Savage had a cat, and Savage had bought this house up on uh, on Doheny Hill, which is a really nice neighborhood. It was the first time anybody had like a real house, <laughs> and it, it was a really really nice place. Great hangout, and he had a he had a cat. I think he might have had two, but. Uh, this one cat, and I can't remember if his name was Eek or not, but one day, this is really sad and horrible, um, it got taken by like a hawk or an oh eagle God. or something. Like it was out in the driveway just being a cat, and this bird of prey like swooped down and, and grabbed it and wow. flew off with him going Eek, I would imagine. <laughs> And so Savage told me this story, and it was the coolest little cat. He had a great personality. He was just such a sweetie. But, you know, it's hard to get your cat back from an eagle. Or yeah, a, a little bit, a little bit. So, so that's how the, that was the genesis of the character. Nice. Was, that was that tragic event. <laughs> and then we just started riffing on, because um, Savage and I were really close, and, um, well, and we still kind of are. Um, but we were great friends at Cal Arts, and he was the one that that got me to change my major into animation because okay. I was a painter originally. Oh wow! So after we had done The Simpsons, and I hadn't seen Savage in a while, I think he went off and did another movie and a TV series too, Beans Baxter. We we were still friends, so we'd hang out all the time, and we just thought like we should wanted to work together again, but it, but on something that was strictly animation. Mm -hmm. 
And at the time, um, I don't know if it was called Fox Kids yet, but anyway, Savage had already done a show for the newly born Fox Network. So he was like, well, we should just pitch him, you know? So we just started coming up with um, the building the character of Eek, and we uh, we thought a lot about Charlie Chaplin. Okay. You know, because we wanted something, somebody that was really sympathetic, and, and always saw the always saw that positive uh-huh. side of things. And um, you know, so we just started coming up. <laughs> we just thought that was funny, like a guy that's really nice and sweet, just getting screwed all the time, and that not really caring and just taking it in stride. We just thought that was. That's that's pathos, folks. I guess. <laughs> so that's how that's how the character came to be. Yeah. And uh, what about the voice? How did that come to be? How did you get the voice? <laughs> how did you get the job of the voice? Okay. Well, that was an accident. Um, the the when I grew up in a family that had a lot of animals, and um, my family is pretty weird and very funny, <laughs> and. Um, Every animal, I mean, seriously, at some points we had like four cats and three dogs and, you know, lizards and mice and fish and everything. And every every animal had a voice. So the animal could talk to, like, you could do the voice of what, every member of my family can do the eat voice, just like that, because we had this great <laughs> cat named Chauncey. And that's, that was his voice, and that's how he would talk to you. I know it sounds insane, <laughs> but it was funny, and... um and uh, so in the meetings and stuff, when we started goofing around with it, that voice, that voice would just start to come out. And, and when Eek had, like when we were pitching stories, you know, when Eek spoke, I would just start to, yes, and he's like that. And, and um, But we tried and tried for, for a long time to get like real actors mm-hmm. uh, to do the voice. I mean, Gene Wilder, John Lovitz, um, um, God, I, I can't remember who else we tried, but no one... Uh, really knew who we were, and so they weren't like coming to the auditions or anything. So we were sort of stuck, and um, it got. We had already sold the show, and we had to record like, you know, like it's like Thursday. We had to record like Monday, and still nothing. And Savage just said finally to me, he's like, "Screw, you know what? Just do that voice. You know, just do, you're doing the voice." Huh. And I was like, well, "Okay." I wasn't opposed to it, but it was kind of alarming. But Savage was famous for that. He always made me do stuff that I'd never <laughs> tried before and ended up and ended up working. Yeah, I mean, he made you change your, your career and everything. I know. He's been like a sinister force in my life the whole time. He, he's the puppet master. <laughs> yes, he's the puppet master. So that that's how that's how that happened. And it, everybody was fine with it. And it was a lot of fun. And um, I had done a lot. I mean, being an animator is part being an actor anyway mm-hmm. and i had done stuff uh before college plays and radio stuff i had done some radio uh there's a show called theater of the mind okay i was a little kid i was like nine and i was doing character it was like a twilight zone thing oh, wow so I'd, I'd i'd always liked it i'd always liked acting but i was so much better at i thought drawing and uh-huh. filmmaking so um, but yeah, I forgot what you asked me. <laughs> I just rambled off. You sure did. Yeah, the voice. Yeah, you, you covered it. You're good. I have a tendency. To do that. <laughs> now, what about the characters of Annabelle and, and Sharky? Where do they come from? Well, Sharky, we knew we, we just wanted... Okay, well, that dynamic works like this. It's like, Eek's in love with this big fat pussycat. <laughs> but there has to be something in the middle, uh-huh. right? It, it can't be that easy because it never is. 
So we were just like, well, he's got to be the he's he should just be a, the most vicious dog we can think of. So we would just doodle around and and uh, you know the I always thought of him as like a torpedo, uh-huh. which is where his nose came from. <laughs> and then I w- would draw him like that, and I thought, well, that's not quite scary enough. And then one day I just put the dorsal fin on his head, and we're like, oh, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> So that was that was the nemesis, and we liked him. He was sort of an anti Snoopy kind of in a way, because you know his doghouse had was like Snoopy's. It was very elaborate, uh-huh. and you know Sharky has his own issues going on, which was good. Uh, the characters were amazing. I don't know they they all came out of um, really like a, a, a sympathetic place. You know, it's like uh, everybody has a sort of an Achilles heel. You know what I mean? It was they, they were mm-hmm. just nicely layered, and that was just being natural and trying to make them as thorough as possible and consequently made them funnier because they they were at, they, they were something you could relate to in a way i guess uh-huh. i mean sharky was in love with that wrestler <laughs> you know that i forget her name platinum or too. something anyway and then annabelle was um we just we wanted her we, we didn't want to just do the sexy girl cuz that's just too easy yeah so we liked the fact that she was overweight and um, that Eek never saw that in her. He just saw the beautiful soul inside, and she's very girly, and, and you know, she, you know, she, she, she was quite a woman. And we had, and then you know, then you get Tawny Katane to, uh-huh. to voice her, and that <laughs> that wasn't bad having to show up oh, to sure. work with that every day. You know, it was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I'd Savage knew Tawny from something, but remember she was big, like. Uh, in yeah. all those videos, like the White Snake videos I know. and stuff, yeah, she I was knew. like the queen of '80s uh, videos, uh-huh. and she was the sweetest. She was so nice. She was she was so great to work with. A lot of fun. Everybody was. We always that was just a super fun. There were never the problem production problems or things like that. I don't remember ever hitting any kind of snag. You know, and this is the early days of sort of the rebirth of television animation. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, of course, it's ter- it's quite different than it was then, which which is sometimes good and sometimes unfortunate. Yeah, yeah I don't watch very many modern day cartoons, honestly. Yeah, they, there's a few that are, I think are really awesome. Like, I mean, it, I think Adventure Time yes. is yes. really interesting. Yes, and um, I like there again. You've got here's the big difference. It's like those characters uh, have layers, you know, and and complex relationships. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's great, and uh, you know, and then the stuff they just kind of bang out—that's what it's lacking. Yeah, it has no. There's no heart, you know. It seems. So. No, it just seems like they're they're writing material for you know ADHD children who have no, you know, attention span nowadays. Yeah, they're very. Sh- I find they're very shrill and noisy. Yeah, yeah, yeah just a lot of filler, kind of and, bombastic. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now you mentioned having a lot of great um, guest stars on Eek. Uh, wasn't Mr. T on one? Yes, Mr. That's T. That's what I thought. I think he showed up a couple of times. We had Buck Henry, Phil Hartman. Um, we had uh, David Duchovny and, and uh, Gillian Anderson. Wow. Uh, the Barbie twins, William uh, Shatner. Of course. Or, I already say that. Um, Tim Curry. Oh, Tim's awesome. Oh, he was great. Yeah, he's a real amazing actor. Uh-huh. I learned a lot. You know, that was what was great about having... You know, and like I said, we would just cast people that we wanted to meet or yeah, like. Yeah. And once the show was a hit, you know, we could do that. And they were happy to come. And boy, you could learn stuff. And 
It was great, yeah. I can't remember. There was quite a few big names that came through. Bobcat, I think, was in a okay. few. Yeah, I think and I worked was, with yeah. Bobcat again on the Tales from the Crypt thing. That was great. It was a great. It was a great uh, training ground, really. Was Bobcat on Eek when he's doing his personality, or was it Bobcat? God, I'm trying to. You know what? I might be. I'm pretty sure we had him in on Eek. We must have. I think God, he did. No, I, I would have done a little more research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember everything. But you know, Bobcat was in Savages. Uh, one crazy summer, mm-hmm. they were already good mm-hmm. friends. I see Bobcat once in a while now. Still, yeah, I'm trying to get him on the show. I think I'm pretty close to getting him, so I'm excited oh, for he'd that. Be great, yeah, yeah. He's, he's done a, a few voices over the years, so that'd be awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, I did see him. Actually, I think it was last summer. There was a little pilot that was being developed, and I was doing a little bit of work on it, and he was in the room as a voice there. But I don't think that show ever took off. Well, I know it didn't take off. Yeah. But that was that was the last time I saw him, about a year ago. Okay. Maybe, maybe a year and a half. Now, now where did uh, Kumbaya come from? Uh, Kumbaya. <laughs> well, it came from, from what's her name? Joan, Joan Baez, right? And uh, we just thought that was a funny, sort of dorky, <laughs> like something that Eek would look back at, like, kumbaya, everything is, you know, flowers and pretty and just be in tune. But it was sort of out of step with, um, you know, where things were going in the night, you know, grunge music and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it just came from trying to make Eek, you know, have an ideal, but it was like antiquated, sort of. But he was still into that. He just thought, you know, everything's kumbaya, you know, so... I don't know, and then it just like I think when it first was vocalized, it was it was used like in the kumbaya um, okay. tense. Okay, yeah. And then later it became his call of alarm. You know, kumbaya. You know, <laughs> we just mutated into it, it, into that. I think. Yeah. Do you remember any other catchphrases you thought of before that? Oh gosh, I don't. Does he have any other? I, I, besides, you know, um, well, what did you always say when? Um, oh, it never hurts to help. Yep, yep there you go. That was his mantra. It never hurts to help. Uh huh. And then every time somebody like he'd show a picture of Annabelle to somebody, and they'd they'd always go like, "Gee, she's really fat," and he'd be like, "Really?" That was that <laughs> that was a running gag. Okay, I remember that. Those are the two big ones. Ah, Miss Eek. We need to get yeah. that on DVD. You know what? Somebody. Uh, just started a page on Facebook to try to, uh, you know, Disney owns it. Yeah, that's what I heard. So, yeah, it's buried underneath Star Wars and Marvel <laughs> and Fitness and and everything else. But, uh, yes, yeah, so we're trying to get, like, so, I mean, I've seen bootlegs. Yeah, I've uh, seen a couple on, on YouTube. I just yeah. I just can't watch the graininess of it. I need a, a real transfer. There was one that, that an editor friend of mine had uh, a few years ago. We were working on that Dan Versus show. And she just rolled in with this bootleg DVD, and it was actually pretty good. I mean, some of them were bad, but some of them yeah. were actually pretty good. Wow. But th- I think they're all on YouTube. But I know it would be great to um, have a, a set put out because it is, it, it really did have a, it resonates, you know, that show. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So it would be, yeah, that would be cool. But uh, it's Disney, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> and they own Mad Jack, too, and oh. obviously Snookums and Meat. Yeah, they're just sitting on it. <laughs> they just hate you, don't don't they? They just grab all your stuff and don't release anything. Well, what happened was, you know, after uh, Saban bought Fox Kids, 
And then he sold Fox Kids to ABC Disney. Mm-hmm. So they wound up with the library. So, I, I mean, they probably have the Power Rangers, too. I mean, anything that, that um, Fox hmm. did, they that whole library went to Disney. That's crazy. And I, it's big business. I guess so. Yeah, it's, yeah. Fu- it's funny to think Disney owning because how awesome would it be to get Eek the Cat the ride at Disneyland? You know, oh, put some God. put some pillows in there, some shards of glass, and <laughs> <laughs> it would be a great ride, wouldn't it? <laughs> like maybe one of those log rides. You know, uh, it's funny when we were on the tail end of the Roger Rabbit shorts, and that was so fun uh, because it, you know we were right there uh, next. Uh, the building next to us was the Imagineering building. Okay. And I think back then they were making the pirates for uh, the Paris Disneyland. Okay. So we'd we'd go through there at lunch, you know, and see the like skeleton before they had their skin on, <laughs> uh-huh. and they'd be running the programs, and it was just like creepy fun. And then uh, they hired me and Pat Ventura to when they started thinking about doing the the the, the ride, the, the Roger Rabbit ride. I forget what it's called. Um, you know, it's it's, yeah. at, it's in Toontown. Yeah, what's it called? I've been, I've been. Roger there. Rabbit's. I don't know. Crazy ride. Car- cartoon <laughs> spin or something. I don't remember what it was. But that was really fun because they asked us to like, not not to design the ride, obviously, but to to make the story of the ride. Really? Oh man! And it started out like completely bizarre and really <laughs> funny, and then it sort of you know got shrunk. Uh huh. Into it's still pretty cool, but man, it, it started out as this really elaborate thing. But so yeah, we got the opportunity to work with Imagineering for I don't know several months, probably like six or seven months, and then that just kind of got put on the shelf. And then I ended up leaving and going to do music videos, and then wound up on Tasmania and kind of left Disney. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, boom! There's the ride. There's still a few gags that we came up with in there. Another one that stuck was uh, in the Bugs Life uh, ride. We had, we I think me and Pat came up with the stink gag. We're like, oh, well, really? if you're gonna have it be wow. a live theater thing, uh-huh. sensory experience, <laughs> have the stink bug really stink. Uh-huh. Wow! They yeah. did that. Let me tell I you, think, that was yeah. a huge that was a huge hit with my girls when we went. So congratulations. Yeah, uh, that was a good gag. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Now, when you were doing a uh, Roger Rabbit, was Jess the voice of Roger then? Jess Harnell? No, Charles Fleischer. Was he? Because, yeah, I, I know Jess took over at some point, and he did the voices of the ride for Roger Oh, Rabbit. he did, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Jess and I are good friends. I think you're right. I think I remember that. Um, Charles was great. Yeah. It's an awesome voice. And Jess is such a great mimic. I can oh, he's awesome. see that. Yeah. yeah. I think I remember when he did that, but no, we were we were we were with Charles then. I thought Charles only did the movie Roger Rabbit, but oh no, he's the, he's on those. That's him on the shorts. Oh good. Yeah. Oh, those shorts are amazing too, by the way. Uh, Roller coaster rabbit. Oh, yes, man. yes. I have to say, a near perfect cartoon. <laughs> yes, three I million dollars that. worth of cartoon right there. Oh boy, it was just yeah, you know, and you know we're pitching to Spielberg and Bob Zemeckis and. Jeffrey, I knew Bob Zemeckis because he gave me my uh, first Academy Award out of Cal. Oh, that's right. And uh, but I mean, the, the, Jeffrey would set those meetings, storyboard pitch meetings at seven a.m. And let's face it, folks, that's not the best thing animators can do. <laughs> is get up early. But yeah, we would we would roll in there, and you know, you'd be still blurry eyed drinking your coffee, and then there's Steven Spielberg and Bob Zemeckis and Jeffrey, and sometimes Michael Eisner. Oh my God! Wow. 
yeah, pretty cool. Wow. It was a lot of fun, man. <laughs> now, earlier you mentioned doing Woody Woodpecker. Where are you at right now with that? I've just really just started the screenplay. We started, I started writing back in November, just kind of outlining and, um, you know, the str- they, they gave me a structure because when I first uh, was approached by them, I thought, wow, a Woody Woodpecker feature is a mm-hmm. great great idea but how do you how do you and i was sort of stumbling on what's the big story and then when i first met with them they're like no 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 we want to do like three three half hour stories plus like a like a four minute short at the beginning and that was kind of a huge relief because Mm -hmm. you know it's like when i did the tom and jerry movies and those were one big story you really needed the other characters around him to make it go you know because they're just slam bang, and Woody's a total psycho. Mm-hmm. So I was relieved to to hear that that's that was the structure they had in mind the whole time. So um, that made it a little more like bite size in a way. Mm-hmm. So I spent Christmas kind of like coming up with with those stories, wrote an outline, handed it in in January, and then um, we went through a couple of rewrites and. Um, Really, it's only been, I think they approved it like in, I don't know, they took their time. There's a big gap in there where I didn't hear anything for like, you know, eight weeks. Like two months went by. And then they just called her like, okay, hey, we read it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> and um, and they approved me to go to screenplay. So I'm writing the screenplay now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, and they want him to be crazy. Oh, it's good. funny getting notes where the, the studio actually says, like, no, no, you're not going far enough. You know? Wow. Yeah, and, and I asked him right off the bat, too, like, if I could use the, if I could concoct from the older models, like, I want to use a little bit of the 1941, the very original one, yeah. and, like, around, like, 42, 43, and kind of merge those. So he's still going to be, like, cra- he's going to be crazy. Uh-huh. Good. Yeah, he's you know, sometimes he has teeth, uh-huh. and, he's all, and his eyes are never right. <laughs> Oh, I love Woody And I think everybody likes that model better. Yeah. You know, they, they really homogenized him. And he's a lot wackier and more fun to animate, too, with, with the older stuff. He's more mm-hmm. eccentric, you know. Are you going to be doing the animating or just the writing? I think I'm, I don't know. I, I, I love animating, but if I animate now, it's more just like my own personal. And I, my personal way of drawing is really not commercial. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, not it's just weird. <laughs> and, um, so no, I, I think my days of professional doing that kind of animation are pretty much over. I mean, I'll work on designs and, um, stuff like that at the beginning, but then I just, you know, there's so many people that, that do it better than me. And really my focus over the years, I've just fallen into this writing thing. And I'm, if I dare say, I'm really good at writing cartoons. I've just become really good at it, mm-hmm. and I like it. And um, it's actually a lot more interesting to me than drawing. Was always not easy for me. It was a kind of a. It was hard, you know. Writing, I don't know. It's, it's just plus, you know what, what? And this I learned from Roger Rabbit. It's sort of and, and Eek, obviously. The you control the product, the production more as a if you're the guy writing it. Plus, being an animation director and knowing timing and yeah, all that yeah. makes you kind of like, okay, you know, you're sort of a triple, double threat, whatever. 
So uh, if you can write, if you have those animation skills and you can write, you know, I, I just didn't ever want to be the guy getting handed a script because that's why I left Disney was after the Roger Rabbit shorts were done. They, they gave, we, were, we wanted to make Mickey Donald goofy shorts. Oh, wow. And, um, and then all of a sudden they showed up with these scripts and we were like, what's that? You know, and they're like, oh, well, these are the scripts. And we were like, we don't do that. You know, huh. we come up with the story and and they were terrible. <laughs> really? Clearly not written by animators. And that horrified me so much that that's what drove me to writing. It's like, I'm never going to, I'm not going to go through that. I'm not yeah. going to be the guy who's handed somebody else's cartoon to make. So I vowed that I would learn how to write. And that led to selling shows and concepts and writing, which gives you control. You know, younger people tell me it's like, what's the, you know, what else can I do to get my stuff made? I'm like, man, if you're writing it and you can draw an anime, it's true. yeah, important. No, so, but now it's become a real. I'm, I'm really involved. I mean, I love writing. I mean, I, I hate it too. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to sit there alone and write this stuff. But um, man, when it works, it's great. And, so. And it, what kind of atmosphere do you put yourself in to write something like the Woody Woodpecker? Well, it depends. Okay, for instance, today, this morning, um, well, and yesterday too, I'm writing the opening cartoon is only like three or four minutes. And to do that, that that's not enough time to have much of an elaborate story. That's pretty much got to be continuous action, mm -hmm. very much like a roller coaster rabbit. So the first, the opening cartoon, the way the movie starts, is this really crazy, you know, just tapestry of continuous action so that i put on like um surf music okay <laughs> you know once the outlines are done so i know what i'm writing yeah. if i'm if i'm just starting to think about it then i probably i, I don't know it's weird it's got to be quiet i think and uh -huh. there's a lot of pacing involved but it really is like just a, you, you almost like have to watch the cartoon in your head and then just write down what as it rolls in your mind, what you what you see, but like once the outline's done, then it's kind of like okay, now I just have to sort of expand on these things. That's when the cool music comes in in the background. <laughs> but nice. I play all kinds of weird. Like I also listen to a lot of um, uh, director commentaries. Okay, you know, just for background noise because sometimes if it's too quiet, it gets really weird. Yeah, I like, agree. I I need some kind of constant noise whenever I'm yeah, in a room by yeah, myself. It's funny. And then I also listen to a lot of, um, like, I have, like, hours of, like, nature sounds, like birds <laughs> tweeting and waves and, you know, rain. Like, I'll, that stuff's really helpful, too. Sometimes you just feel like you're going insane, you know? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So riding the bike is good. Get out, you know. But it, it's not, it really, like, now the out the whole outline, all three stories, the whole movie is, is in approved outline. We're going to screenplay. So that's really just like now you're kind of making it nice, you know, and, and you're expanding. So it, and that's actually easier than dreaming it up in the first place. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I'm super, super excited to see it. I wouldn't, uh, any idea when it might come out? I taught, I was, I met with them what, last Wednesday and I asked them that same question. Uh -huh. I'm like, well, what's up with the deadline on this? And they said, well, we don't really have, <laughs> we don't really have one. And it keeps flipping because they also want to do a television series. Okay, okay. And it's looking like now that's 
something they wanted to get started in September, but they'd like to have my script before then, which is totally doable. I'll probably be done with the first draft. I'm aiming for like the end of next month. Wow. And then, and then hopefully they'll see that and then that'll kind of inform this, the series. Um, but they had been, they've been going back and forth on, do we do the movie first? Do we, do we, or do we go to the series? You know? So, um, that's up to them. But something will happen in September one way or the other. Because the, I'm sure that, I mean, I know they're going to put me through, I'm uh, obviously a couple of rewrites, which is normal, maybe more than a couple. But I think we'll be able to be done. It's pretty thorough right now. So, yeah. One way or another, it'll either be a series or a movie in September. <laughs> That's good to hear. I'm excited. I love Yeah, I know. And I'm really trying to keep it fun and crazy. Good. Good to hear. Yeah, they kind of went away with that in the 90s. Yeah, I know. It's fun to be back in sort of that comfort zone of just slam bang. Uh-huh. Plus, when the studio is telling you to be crazier, that's yeah, that's really always a good sign. Yeah, yeah, it's a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's something totally different from what you've heard over in the past. Oh yeah, well you know we we early on with Margaret and Fox Kids and Eek and Shook of the Meat and even Mad Jack, all that stuff. We oh, the only notes we ever got were from. Uh, broadcast standards of practice saying like you know uh-huh. lose machine gun or whatever <laughs> it was and then um later on you know it, it sort of got into more you know people p- executives making story notes like we had never encountered that before now that's a big part of it yeah it is because everybody thinks they're you know chuck jones <laughs> uh or walt disney uh-huh. so it's harder now but yeah, so this is kind of refreshing, and and I, I get the feeling like they're sort of breathing a sigh of relief too, because you know, I mean, this is a, a specialty of mine. So they were happy when I had, they were happy when I delivered um, the story. They were like, okay, phew, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 good. Well, all right, Bill, that's all I had. Did you have anything else you wanted to promote or plug or anything? Uh, you know what, my. The, the thing I really want to do next is uh, I've got this great show idea called Earth versus Everything. Oh, okay. Which is live. It's live at. It's like a B movie spoof of sci-fi. Yeah. And I have a poster right here. But can you see this? Is that? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Earth versus Everything. Okay. So we shot a a promo for it, and it's really funny, and it's got a lot of stop motion. I got the Kyoto oh, Brothers cool. involved on that. And I've got like four scripts written. I was with Wild Brain, and then they got bought out, and so that kind of. But the, the property reverted back to me, so I don't know. I'm thinking about trying to maybe start a Kickstarter and, and get enough money to shoot the pilot. Nice. I've pitched it around a couple places, but I think it scares people a little bit because it's so outside. Yeah, yeah. Thing, but it's really doable, and it's really funny, and it's not like cheap gags. Like you see the string, it's not like that. It's like these people are un- under pressure. But it's the monster's always ridiculous, you know. <laughs> Giant lobsters and, you know, man eating snowmen and stuff like that. Nice. But it, but it's in that fifty it's very retro. So it's like a fifty sensibility, but it's you don't know when you are in it. It's really cool. <laughs> so that's that's like a dream, you know, that one. Awesome, man. That sounds that sounds amazing. I, I love stop action, you know, stop motion. Oh, oh me too. I think people love it, yeah. <clears throat> It's like watching a toy come to life or something. Yeah, yeah. Fascination to it. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. But, but that's about it. I mean, um, you know, the Woody thing's really exciting. Um, there's a couple other 
there's always something bubbling. There's a, a lot. <laughs> there's always a lot going on that. Mind you know, they're yours. they're they're still emerging. Um, <laughs> so Woody's the lead horse right now. Yeah. That's awesome, though. All right, man. Can yeah. I can, can I get you to close the the show as Eek? Well, certainly. You know, it's swell talking to you, Kim, on Saturday morning rewind. It's 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 uh it's one of those extravaganzas or an extravaganza. So so long, folks. It's been swell. That's going to do for this episode. Please remember to follow me on Facebook and Twitter, and please, please, please leave an iTunes review. All those links can be found on my website at SaturdayMorningRewind.com. I'll see you guys next time. Nice bike. Maybe we could borrow it? We're not stealing. I'll ask for permission later. Uh-oh. Looks like you're asking for trouble now. Shipwreck! How would you like it if someone took your bike? I wouldn't. And if you get caught? I'd definitely end up in trouble. Remember, taking something that isn't yours just isn't right. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Thanks for listening to the Saturday Morning Rewind. And that's all, folks.